So I was like thinking, huh, really? V actually calculated for me and he showed me the proof that this is the amount, this is how much you get for your health, this is how much you get for your death and blah, 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 hospitalization and so on and so forth. And he told me that, no, this is not true. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the Valuation Masterclass Online, the complete, proven, step-by-step -step online course to guide you from novice to valuation expert. Podcast listeners can claim your amazing 35% discount by going to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Rayson Chu. Rayson, are you ready to rock? All right, I am. Woohoo! Yeah! Woo Let's bring that energy. Well, let yes. me tell the audience a bit about you. Rayson is a transformation catalyst. What he does for a living is pick the brains of the best entrepreneurs in the world, such as Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and others, to find simple and effective steps that millennials can take to experience success in the swiftest and most effective way possible because millennials want to get it now. He does this through podcasting, where he helps millennials to experience personal transformation from the tips that they need to move forward. Rayson, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. All right. Okay, so there's something that I would like you guys to know as well, and that is I am not just a transformation catalyst. In fact, my side hustle is transformation catalyst, but my full-time career right now is actually a psychiatric nurse yes so interesting so it's a very different kind of job scope so the reason why i chose to be in this field is not just because i'm very interested in psychiatry in how your mind works and how to communicate with people but in fact talking about communicating with people i have one person that i've always wanted to learn how to communicate with and that is my mom. So my mom is actually one of a, I would say an ex-patient for this institution and mm. she is actually suffering from schizophrenia. So I wanted to actually learn how I can actually help her, how I can actually guide her and I would say motivate her, inspire her to make sure that she doesn't fall back to the same old her again, but she doesn't want to be compliant with medications and etc. So I wanted to learn how I can not just communicate with her, but also help her as well. So that's why I joined psychiatry nursing as my full-time career. But of course, I would like to actually go jump that leap of faith, take that leap of faith and jump onto entrepreneurial journey of mine, which I believe, you know, it's not easy mm. actually for an employee but I believe with the mindset change and also at the same time with the people that I'm mixing with, like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Steve Steams, and all the other amazing personality and influencers from the US and all the around the world, I believe there's definitely a higher possibility of me striving and thriving in this entrepreneur space. Fantastic. Well, that's an inspiration 
you know, I was just talking with my mother who I mentioned that mm -hmm. lives with me. Hi, mom. <laughs> and you should say hi, mom, to your mom, too. When she hears this, yep. she's going to go ahead. Say hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> I love you. Yay. Beautiful. Yes. I was telling my, I was just talking about my mom the other day about the first psychiatrist that I saw. His name was Eric Baum. And I was okay. 14. I was in a lot of trouble. And, you know, okay. it turned out that my problems was more about addiction and more about drugs and alcohol. But my mom and I were just reminiscing on that. And at that, at a very young age, I was also prescribed, you know, uh, Ritalin and other antidepressant type or whatever they're called nowadays. Yep. But which yep. I think also probably caused some problems in my life, particularly in my youth, or was a source mm -hmm. of the problem. And I, I like to say, in relation to that, you know, when we think about Nowadays, a child like me, we would call them hyperactive, you know, hyperactive or yep. attention deficit disorder. But sometimes I, I think differently now at this age. I was sitting down with someone who was taking care of hyperactive, you know, kids and, you know, with special needs in, in attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And she said she just felt really sorry for them because, you know, it was hard for them to focus and all that. And, yep. and I said, you know, I don't know. I don't feel sorry because I feel sorry for the 100, you know, the 95 out of 100 kids that can just sit in a classroom all day long, like a dead mind, listening to the teacher and go, okay, okay. I mean, I had the energy and the excitement to just get up and, you know, I wanted to do more. And I've lived yep. that out in my life. And so sometimes when we see a mental or an emotional disorder, sometimes that can bring us something very special that we don't even know and we don't even see. So, yep. Yeah. Anyways, well, it sounds like you are a good son. Now, Thank it's you. time <laughs> to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. All right, sure. So this incident actually happened just last year. But before I actually share what happened last year, let me share with you how I actually met this guy. Okay, so this guy, let's call him V, all right? So V and I, we have met for about, I would say close to three years or so already. The thing was, we were quite close, pretty close, in fact, whenever we, we were going to a seminar, he will text me and say, hey, you want to go to this seminar? Hey, Gary V is coming. Let's head out to that. And I was like, okay, cool. And he will even like help me to pay for the ticket first. And then after that, I will pay him later. He will ask me to pay him later. Mm -hmm. right? And he's a very nice person, I would say. He will drive me around with his sports car to and fro seminars to different places to eat, to discuss about future projects for myself and his business as well, which I was, you know, pretty much touched by his actions because he's actually helping, one of his business was actually helping his brother, open inverted comma brother, which is actually, in fact, his real cousin who is actually suffering from cerebral palsy. Okay, so he is helping him to become a world-class speaker. So this guy has been in 
the speaking realm for quite some time already. And I really salute both of them. And we became pretty good friends, I would say. Mm. And he has always been guiding me, teaching me certain things, coaching me a little here and there. And surprisingly, we gel pretty well. Like, I didn't expect this, right? But somehow rather, last year, we had a really bad, I would say, circumstances. Okay, so first and foremost, if you guys know anything about insurance or you guys are actually in the financial consultancy firm, you would have heard of this thing called investment-linked policy, right? So for him, he's at, his main business is actually financial consultancy, right? So he actually got me down and sat me down and we discussed about my financial plans and also at the same time, which insurance coverage do I have and which ones do I not have, right? So somehow or other, we actually discussed and he actually told me this. He actually recommended me the investment link policy and I thought it was a very great deal. I thought it was, I mean, like I was, I was really baffled by, wow, oh, if you invest X amount, you will get this amount of money back. And then if you get, but one thing is the monthly payment will increase in a couple of years and the investment returns will come in as well. So you don't have to worry. Okay. So that's what he told me something along those lines. So I literally believe in him because I always, always hold on to this belief that if you want to support a friend, go on and support, okay? Trust him and go for it, right? And also at the same time, he has also been, I would say, an expert in this industry. So I knew some people who wanted to sell me life insurance and blah, 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 blah. But in the end, I actually picked him. And because I picked him, another financial agent, financial consultant who was quite close with me, before I got to meet him, in fact, didn't want to continue our friendship. And, and that was one thing, right? That was one thing and I, yeah. I was cool about it. I'm fine. I knew that, you know, I shouldn't be so upset about it. But back to this guy, right? V. So one day, he actually signed this ILP with me, all right? So I signed up with him and then after that, he sat me down one day in a cafeteria, right? And then he actually told me, hey, do you mind if you actually help me with one thing, right? Right now, I need 30 contacts from you, okay? You just give me 30 contacts, recommend them, send this, or forward you this message, okay, to say that you want to recommend me, my financial services, mm. consultancy services to these guys, all right? Then I'll say, okay, cool. And... I went on with it because I trusted him. I respected him a lot and also really admire him as well for mm. what he has been doing. So I thought, well, since we are friends, let me help you out. Okay. And that was about two years ago that he actually asked me to do this for him. So one thing was after I've actually recommended him these people, right? And he actually went on to try and close some of them, right? So one of my particular friend, let's call him Peter, all right? So Peter was intrigued by it. He literally went on to sign the same 
plan as me, same mm. coverage ILP as me, right? And I was happy for him. I was like, hey, you know, you got this, right? Yeah. But as the days go by, things started to be a bit rocky in a sense where I had some financial issues at that point of time because I was paying too much for education in terms of like learning from the best of people, mm. learning from webinars, learning from online material, learning from offline materials, such as attending workshops and et cetera, et cetera, right? And somehow rather, Peter and I, we actually knew way back before I got to know Fee. So somehow Peter started to actually tell me certain things about this plan. He said, hey, you know, I actually met up with two guys from another firm and they actually told me that this just doesn't make sense. And I was mm. like thinking, what do you mean by that, right? He said that, hey, you invest this much and then the returns that you're getting is slightly or rather much lower than what you have been mm. putting in, right? Rather than that amount that you have been investing in. So I was like thinking, huh, really? I thought V actually calculated for me and he showed me the proof that this is the amount, this is how much you get for your health, this is how much you get for your death and blah, 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 hospitalization and so on and so forth. And he told me that, no, this is not true. And I started to think a lot. And at that point of time, I was actually facing some financial issues, paying this couple of hundreds per month, was starting to sit in, sink in a little, like the purse is feeling a bit more heavier. Mm. <laughs> the bank account is like feeling a bit lighter in a sense, right? Because the bills are increasing and et cetera, et cetera. And I was thinking to myself, really? And then somehow Peter and I, we have a clique of friends and we usually will hang out, chill, relax and talk. And somehow rather this conversation about insurance came in. I can't remember what led this conversation to be part of it. So all of them have been telling me, hey, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Hmm. So, you know, you should have life insurance, you have this and that and not ILP. And I was starting to think about, hey, what they said do really make sense. And somehow or other, my fit was halfway into this, this thing where I'm buying into what they have mentioned, right? And somehow, lo and behold, I have a follower. Okay? I have a follower who listens to my podcast wanting to meet me and pass me his book. And somehow this guy is actually part of another financial firm. <laughs> so it's really, it sounds really complicating, right? Yep. But one thing is this guy who's my follower actually met me up and talked to me about, you know, live, my podcast and et cetera, et cetera. And then we started to discuss about this plan because I was curious. I was mm. like wanting to, you know, just curious and ask him, and next moment, he told me, hey, in fact, your friend is pretty smart. Your friend V is pretty mm. smart in a sense where he helps you a little, but he gains more than you. And I was like thinking, how can it be? And then he told me to meet him in his office and he literally wrote down, drew it down for me, the whole thing about this ILP thing. And I was thinking, oh, okay. So, well, this makes sense now that you're saying that he is trying to benefit slightly more than mm. I do. And I was like, started to have my heart waver by what he had mentioned. And then next moment, guess what? He told me, you know what? You should cancel today. 
today, the day when we were actually discussing it. And I thought, yeah, you know, I should because I have some financial difficulties and mm. I, I have been trying to meet V for a couple of times to discuss about this. And he kept telling me, no, 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 it's okay. You know, you shouldn't cancel this or you shouldn't change this plan to another plan or whatsoever. And that was two years later after I've been paying for 200 plus ish. So can you imagine the amount that I've paid for? One year plus to almost two years around there, mm. right? And then this follower of mine, okay, we call him G, right? G actually yep. was so nice enough to actually bring me to the financial firm, guided me to actually cancel this, this whole thing. And in my mind, I was like thinking, hey, if I really cancel this, I have to tell V that, you know, this is the decision that I've made, even though I've actually been trying to ask you. But of mm. course, he was away. He was actually overseas doing some uh, wedding photo shoot. And I felt that it wasn't nice to actually suddenly tell him, yep. you know, that I want to meet you up to actually cancel this. Right? I thought, you know, since I've made a decision, I'll just cancel it and you know, since we are friends, you'll be okay with it. But somehow or other, he wasn't okay at all. Well, after he knew that I canceled it, after I told him that I canceled it, he asked me who was the one who instructed you to cancel. And at that point of time, I was very fearful. I did not know mm. how to explain to him. And I knew I shouldn't have told him this white lie, but I did tell him this white lie, which was, I did. I was the one who wanted to cancel it. Mm -hmm. And then he said, no, you don't lie to me. Right. And then after that, the whole conversation got even soured. And then he was raising his voice at me. After the whole conversation, I remembered I was saying, hey, you know, I'm really sorry that I actually wanted to cancel this a while ago. But so many people have been telling me that this sucks. Right. Even my girlfriend actually told me that, hey, this is not the plan for you right now. You should actually get hospitalization plan or whatsoever plan that I do not have at the moment. I don't have the rider. I do not have accident plan. I don't have anything except for this ILP. And then he actually messaged me this, you know, I'm pretty upset and I'm pretty disappointed. And I didn't know that you will do this to me. And he was like blaming me. And then after that, mm. he was saying that, you know, this is something that he didn't expect. And he thought I would just continue through with this whole insurance and et cetera. And mm. also at the same time, he told me that, you know, I was like a ass leaker, ass kisser mm. in a sense. Why? Yeah. Because he said that I, I did this so that I can get Gary V, Grant Cardone and all the other people into my podcast. And it wasn't true because yeah. I knew that if I were to bootleg them, they would have sensed it because they are more yeah. experienced and they are whatsoever. Sure. So they would have known that if I'm a bootlicker, they wouldn't mm. want to even come and entertain me. They would yep. just shun me away and say, hey, I wouldn't want even to be part of a podcast. But because of my sincerity, my tenacity to actually ask them, and also at the same time, my value proposition for them wasn't very high. I have no, not my yep. value for them, in fact. Yep. Right? Yep. I only have this podcast that I taught Mm. And I believe would be something that could be beneficial for them. And that was something that intrigued them and they wanted to meet me. Right. And all thanks to some of my friends who helped me to get hold of uh, people like Gary V and Steve Sims. I, mm. I was, you know, very uh, 
shocked by his reply. And he also mentioned this to me, that if I were to choose that financial firm that V is working at, he will never, never, ever be my financial consultant again. And I was shocked, okay? I was saddened. It disheartened me. It was like, wow, because of this, friendship can be broken just like that. I didn't expect mm, that. And mm. then after that, there's this guy, let's call him Gerald, okay? Yep. So Gerald is somebody that, in my opinion, someone that is like a double-edged sword, okay? So he, he likes to be very nice in front of people, but then, you know, behind the backs, he can say certain things or whatsoever. Mm. But I knew, so we are a group of friends, right? So somehow or rather, I chance upon him during a meetup session, which doesn't involve Peter or V or my follower or any, anyone else, right? So Gerald actually told me that, hey, you know, I want to help you. Even though I, I know he doesn't have much mm. value in terms of helping me yep. because he's also a struggling, he's a struggling entrepreneur and also at the same time, he's like a, in a double-edged sword kind of stuff. So yep. Gerald was like sharing to me while we were on a ride back home. So he was saying, hey, you know, V has been saying a lot of things about you and you know, he has, he has been, I'm not too sure is it true or not, but I mm. just take it with a pinch of salt. So he told me that, hey, you know, V has been saying a lot of things about you and he has been telling all of us not to make friends with you, don't be friends with you. And he said a lot of, a lot of negative things in, mm. in, in the sense where I could sense the vibe. And, yep. and I was shocked. I was stunned. Like this could happen in a sense, like, well, one after another. And then after a while later, right, then I realized that Peter, who was the one that I actually asked V to sign him up with, to yep. close him, right? Now they became good buddies. <laughs> and surprisingly, right, they became good buddies and they have been hanging out together with one another. And, you know, to now, to today, I'm not sure, was it a setup or was it really a misunderstanding that caused certain things to boil and someone took the opportunity to make it happen? Or, you know, whatsoever, I'm mm. not too sure. But ultimately, I didn't sign up with my follower as well because my follower... Ultimately, after bringing me to end the whole contract with ILP, he actually asked me to invest in his insurance, <laughs> which involves 300 plus Singapore dollars. And I was like thinking, hey, how could it be? You know, you asked me to cancel this. And then after that, next moment, you asked me to sign a 300 plus Sing dollars package with you. And then you promised me that you will rise to 10K every, I can't remember, was it like a mm. few months or so or something like that? So I was confused and ultimately I didn't really go and sign up with anyone else except for my girlfriend's financial consultant. Got it. So what <laughs> yeah. lessons did you learn from this? Well, lesson is never allow your emotions to actually affect your thinking, affect mm. your buying power. Okay. Because somehow rather when what I realized is when you actually use your emotions like, oh, this is my friend. I should support him. And next moment, you realize that, hey, this person was actually doing something beneficial for you, but he wants to earn more money, earn more commission from you. And then you got pissed. And then mm. next moment, <laughs> everything went haywire, right? Yep. So that is something that I would want the listeners to actually go and consider. Like if yep. let's say your friend, is an entrepreneur who has a very good package or good deal for you and they want to sell you, right? You have to think about 
why do you need that product? Is it just to support the person or is it because that product is really useful for you? And at the same time, holistically, you're able to help him in certain finances or you are supporting so that, you know, the friendship can last longer, mm. for example. Yeah. So this is one of the lessons that I've okay. learned. Got it. Yep. And second lesson that I've learned is to be educated about the product first before you go and sign up with yep. anything. Of course, he did educate me about this. I did tell him that let me think through before I sign it. And somehow rather, I, I didn't really go and do any much research about it. And I was just telling my girlfriend that, hey, this is something that V told me and it's super good. It sounds good. And what do you think? And she said, up to me. So whenever your girl says up to you, please think and consider before you actually take <laughs> upon the action. Because even if it's up to you, it doesn't mean that you should. It has a double meaning to it. It could mm. be, okay, you should go and sign up, but please read up first. Or no, please don't sign up or else you will suffer certain consequences. And you know, this whole incident happened just so coincidentally that I was about to actually have an award. I was nominated for this Singapore's prestigious newspaper article, the largest mm. newspaper company in Singapore where they have this, what they call a Generation Read Award, right? So I was like anticipating, I was uh, very excited. I thought I could win it because I have certain friends or celebrities yep. who actually said that they have a, in, already uh, voted for me. I have quite a good network of people. So I was hoping that I can win, but somehow rather I didn't win and I was still sulking with that negative you mm. know, emotions. And when I was given the opportunity to share about my thoughts and my feelings about the award, about the cause that I was standing up for, I just passed the mic and I didn't say anything. And that really ruined my opportunity. But of mm. course, that was a really great learning lesson for me. Wow. In my opinion. Yeah. All right. So let me talk about some of the things that I take away from it. Sure. The first thing, you know, let's talk about the idea of you got to get educated first before yes. you invest in anything. I have a PhD in finance. I've studied finance all my life. I okay. have worked in finance all of my life. And I honestly must say that it was almost 10 years of work before I started seriously investing. Well, I, I took a long time, more so than others, because also I was, you know, I came to Thailand with okay. just a small amount of cash in my pocket and I had student loan debt. I came to Thailand at absolutely zero, basically. So okay. when I got a job as a financial analyst and all that, number one, I needed to build up my cash, but number two, I can't afford to lose. Mm -hmm. And so it took a long time for me to study the market, think about my principles of investing, you know, thinking about the different you know, ways of investing until I invested. It's shocking to me, the number of people that so quickly race into investing in any product without you know, a deeper knowledge. So I do like that you've learned to get educated first about the product and take your time. The second thing that I would mention is that since I'm involved with CFA, the Chartered Financial Analysts Society of Thailand, as well as CFA Institute, CFA Institute had something that they produced after the 2008 crisis. It's called 
Statement of Investor Rights. And anybody can, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. And anybody can, you know, basically it's, it's what you should expect from any financial services provider. And there's 10 points to it. But I'm just going to highlight a couple that are pertinent in this case. That basically it says, when engaging the services of financial professionals and organizations, I have the right to, number one, honest, competent, and ethical conduct that complies with applicable laws. Mm -hmm. And number three is my financial interests take precedence over those of the professional and the organization that is approaching me. And number eight is I have the right to an explanation of fees and costs charged to me and information showing these to be fair and reasonable. And also, you know, you also have a right if you don't understand something to demand that it's explained over and over again in a simple way until you understand it. So for all the listeners out there, there's so many people out there trying to sell products and I'm not passing judgment on any of the products that we talked about. But all I can say is that you have a right as a consumer of those products to take your time to not let emotional manipulations or anything like that push you around. Take your time, study the product, go to a couple of, just like, you know, people spend more time picking a mobile phone than they do financial product. Yeah. People go to this place and what's this one compared to that one? And then they may go to a different store. Can I get a lower price here? You know, they spend more time <laughs> on, you know, picking a TV than they do picking a financial product. So yeah. I think that, you know, the last thing I would say about this is that in Asia, there's all kinds of, there's outright scams. And mm-hmm. then there's just really, really expensive, but legal products where fees and other things are so high that you're almost never going to make that much out of it. So be mm-hmm. very careful of these things. And I think the most important thing is talk to other people about it and yep. don't let one person drive you down a path where they're pushing you to make a decision. Is there anything you'd add to that? Yep, I agree. And just to add on to that, so after that, right, the bank actually returned me a thousand plus dollars, which was way lesser than what I've been in a sense. Mm. And somehow or other, that one thousand plus dollars wasn't for me to keep. I thought it was for me to keep and I was so happy. And somehow or other, within the next, I believe it's about nine to almost 12 months, I have to continue payment until it ends officially in a sense because it was signed to that. So for that, I was very, I was like, oh crap, this is really another deep shit. I have to, I have to suck it up. Right. So for those listeners who are actually tuning in right now, please be wary. If let's say anyone like the bank or anyone pass you back the cash because of the investment or whatsoever, please ask them, is this for me to keep or is this Mm. for me to actually pay off for the remaining amount of months that it has to be finished? It has to be accomplished, right? So you have to actually check through first before you actually go and, you know, happily go back and say, oh, yes, I still have this couple of thousand or 1,000 or whatsoever. And, you know, you have to bear with the consequences after that. So the other thing that I would just add is that 
giving financial advice is a licensed activity in most countries, which means that people who are not licensed to give financial advice are technically not allowed to give financial advice. Well, it depends and, though. I mean, like there are people who are called the wealth guru, the financial guru, but somehow rather they do not have the financial consultancy kind of like a certificate, certification course that they have to go through. But they went through other courses that, are, that were actually created by financial wealth, yeah. other so financial the, the wealth point, gurus. The, and all. The, the yeah. point is, is that anybody can provide general information and all of that. Yeah. But if anybody, you're going to specifically yeah. advise someone what to do with their money, in most countries in Asia, it is a regulated activity. And the main point yes. is there's nothing wrong with asking the person, are you regulated? And if they are, fine. That, that means also that if they did something wrong, you can complain to the regulator and report that you were ripped off or whatever by that yep. person, number one. Mm -hmm. If they're not regulated, then you just need to know that so that you know that you should be very careful relying on their advice. Not to say that they don't <laughs> yep. have good advice. They may have amazing knowledge and great ideas, but specific advice is not what they're necessarily licensed for. All right, last question. Yep. All right. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? All right, so the number one goal for the next 12 months is to actually complete my book. Okay, so I'm writing a book based off the idea from Tim Ferriss' Tribe of Mentors. Mm. Okay, so it's so a similar concept as this, but different in terms of content and other parts of the concepts as well. Right. So yeah, so I'm working this out with my copywriter. And of course, I'm coming out my online course as well to teach people how to actually be more affluent in terms of your branding, etc. Mm. And also at the same time, how you can actually, actually strategically connect with people like Gary V. Grant Cardone, uh, celebrities, multi-millionaires, kind of entrepreneurs and all, without manipulation and kissing their asses. Because my framework is that I always believe in being authentic. Yep. Be it in workplace, be it in social media, be it at home or any place at all, it still has to be 100% authentic. Great. All right. We're going to look for that book. Yes. We're going to look for that. All right. Yep. Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risks, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Raisin, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win <laughs> as a result. Yep. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Yes. Even though... There's this very famous quote saying that, you know, your network equals your net worth, right? One thing is I truly believe that even if you have a lot of multi-millionaire friends, it doesn't mean that you are going to be successful. You're going to be 99.9% .9 going to be as successful as them. So I believe your applied networks equals to your net worth. What it means is that once you apply whatever knowledge that they have actually imparted to you, especially if you know that they are genuine people mm. and not like what V and all these people that have actually caused me to have such 
pain in the butt, right? I believe you've got to actually narrow down who are the guys and girls who are actually genuine to help you. And then from there, you have to make sure that you are with a group of valuable people that are always there for you. Even if they are not millionaires, even if they are just a common guy or common girl that is working in any industry, right? They are still considered valuable because whenever you need someone, they are the ones who are there for you. And also one more thing is that you're going to live your life as you alone. You only have one life to live as you, right? Mm-hmm. So go and live it as much as full, as much, as fun, as whatever as possible, right? Because your life is dictated by you, not by your government, not by your teacher, not by your mom, dad, or whatsoever. They can advise you. They can share with you certain ground rules, what you can do, what you can't. But of course, ultimately, you are the one who choose. Fantastic you are advice. The one who choose. Fantastic advice. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you've now got some good advice there as well as some tips on how to avoid this type of situation so you can continue mm-hmm. to build a happy life. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside. <laughs>